Amen. Great to be here uh, this morning. And I'm glad also I'm not, I'm not giving the welcome today. I'm, it's a little bit longer than you're going to be hearing me, but we're excited to be here. Also, uh, let's, be, uh, let's have a prayerful heart for our pastor and, um, and his family. Well, um, eh, it's exciting to be today in the house of the Lord. Amen. I hope you're up. Amen. How many are wake up still? Amen. Great. I like those amens, right? Show me you're, you're up, right? So um, it's good to say amen. We're going we're gonna to go to the Bible. And, um, you know, as we're going to this series in Titus called Foundations, um, we, um, you know, we're going, uh, we learned last week about a little bit of context about um, Crete and how kind of people was those there. And so, um, and you know, it's interesting. First, uh, let's go to Timothy if you have your Bibles. And I don't know if we're going to see it on the screen, but if not, let's, let's look at our Bibles. Titus, Tito is in Spanish. So if I say word in Spanish, you know, you forgive me. You catch up. Titus chapter 1, um, verses 5. Through nine, and these are very interesting passages. And so um, uh, the Bible says, This is why I left you in Crete, so that you might put what, what remained into order and appoint elders in every town as I direct you. If anyone is above reproach, reproach the husband of one wife and his children are believers and are open to the charge of debauchery or insubordination. For an overseer as God's steward must be above reproach. He must not be arrogant or quick-tempered or a drunkard or violent or greedy um, for gain, but hospitable, a lover of good, self-control, upright, holy, and disciplined. He must hold firm to the trustworthy word as taught so that he may be able to give instructions in sound doctrine and also rebuke those who contradicted. Let's close our eyes very quick. Father, we come this morning to, um, to learn from you, and we want to hear you. And um, please allow us to uh, put all our attention and also to have open hearts, not only to hear your scripture, but to respond to them. We not only want to be hearers, but doers of your scripture. And um, we are here this morning because we understand and we need your guidance, and we need to change everyday things in our lives. So as we have the opportunity to be um, with our church family this first day of the week, allow us to uh, hear your voice, but allow us also to respond in every way that you want us to. We ask all this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Great. And so, um, um, you know, uh, we, we learned last week that... Um, uh, different things that we're going to mention very quick. Some things, uh, uh, you know, this, is, this, this letter of Titus, it's, it's almost a manual of leadership. You know, it's, it's really all, you know, the, 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 you know, this short book is really full of, of direction about, you know, what to do. And, you know, uh, we, we talked a little bit about this last week, you know, Crete being an island. Um, and I'm not going to be speaking in Spanish today. I'm sorry to my Spanish uh, hearers. But the sermon is already in Spanish in YouTube. 
Don't go to YouTube right now, you know, but later. <laughs> you can hear everything in Spanish. And so any of you want to hear it in Spanish too, it's there. And so, um, but, um, you know, the, the, the Cretan culture was very well known in the ancient world. And, you know, uh, the word cretiso, we mentioned this, but it's, it's, so, it's so interesting, uh, which literally means a liar, you know. Uh, it, it was people who were treacherous and violent and very, very corrupt uh, and immoral people. And so um, um, the word cretin, you know, um, it, 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 it come also from this uh, group of people in Greece and um, you know, the people from all over Greece used to make fun of these people because they were deplorable. Um, and, and so, uh, in other words, they were really bad, bad, mean people. And so, uh, Paul, in one of his, uh, in, uh, he visited he visit Crete uh, before, uh, and he went and established a, a group of house churches. And so, um, uh, and, and, and then, you know, he's sending Titus, he's, he's telling Titus, you know. Um, in, this, in, this, uh, in this book, Paul is not uh, focusing too much on defending doctrine. As he, he, he does uh, in, the, uh, in the book of Hebrews, for example. Uh, but Paul is, is, is writing to Titus. First of all, man, I, I, if I was Titus, I would be like, wow, what a task, you know. You know, and, and he, Paul is trusting his biblical maturity. And he said, man, I, I'll leave you in this whole country for you to appoint elders, you know, for you to, to put things right. And, and, and you know, and, and also, you know, uh, 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 and to choose elders and, and, and some other things. So um, Paul put Titus as the main leader that should fulfill these purposes. You know, you, you have to correct the deficient and, and order elders. So, uh, first of all, if we see in the passages, and, and, and let's, let's go straight to the, to the scripture, you know. If Paul was going to, you know, this letter, as most of the letters in the New Testament, they didn't have this, you know, as, as we have today, uh, even digitally, but, you know, probably write it down um, in a papyrus or something like that, and and they will send it, they will, they will read that out loud, you know. And there were so many other people writing fake letters and saying that they were uh, apostles or stuff like that. So you see that then Paul start, start establishing his authority, you know. Paul, uh, if, if Paul was going to, if, if, if Paul and Titus was going to do what they were planning to do, man, somebody with authority has to do this, you know. And so um, the, the, the receivers, the churches, shouldn't know who, who's, you know, who's Paul, you know. And so um, for me, it's, it started with a matter of authority. Uh, and, 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 you know, my, my brothers and sisters, uh, even, you know, Christian authority, pastoral authority, is, has always been, um, you know, uh, put it in, 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 um, has always been, how can I say that, you know, some, some people don't receive it well, you know, for lack of, of, of other words. Um, and because leadership in all 
you know, as human beings, it's a natural response when we, when we see leadership, you know, we, it's, it's a natural way to, to critique, you know, and it's, it's, it's nothing wrong to critique leadership, but, um, you know, um, sometimes even, even pastors and spiritual leaders, you know, we, 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 we suffer a lot, and, you know, and it's because also, you know, it has been bad examples, you know, but uh, Paul establishing here who he was, you know, and um, he's saying here, he's starting sentence here, uh, you know, in verse, if you read the, the first part of, of Titus, you know, I'm a servant of God, I'm an apostle, and we're not gonna, we're gonna go that uh, a lot, but um, we have to trust our spiritual leaders. Paul is sending a letter to Titus, and he says, man, you know, you have to read this, but it's really a matter of trust, you know, um, and um, uh, sometimes, my brothers and sisters, uh, we, 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 we believe that a pastor or a spiritual leader is good to guide us into the salvation of our souls, who is eternal. Think about that. But he doesn't have no voice in our personal affairs. And this letter, if you read it, the qualifications are, so it, it goes very personal. You know, it goes it goes pretty much with, with the life of somebody. And, and you know, and, and we're going to, you know, uh, in, in verse 1 and 3, Paul, a servant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ, according to the faith of God's chosen. I love that introduction. What an introduction. Wow. You know, it says, uh, according to the faith of God's chosen ones and the knowledge of the truth that is according to godliness. In the hope of eternal life, which God, who he does not lie, and I hope you remember why Paul is including this here, because that was a, an island of liars. Zeus also, one of the gods was you know, a liar, so, so smart. And, and Paul used this uh, here, and also he, he used that um, um, a, another commentary uh, later, uh, and so... But he included this God who he doesn't lie. He promised before the beginning of the centuries and in due time he manifests his word through the preaching that was entrusted to me by mandate of God and sent me. So Paul says, you know, through preaching, through the preaching of scripture, you know, all this is showing to you. And now I'm without authority. I'm sending Titus, you know, another preacher. And so, um, you know, again, he includes those titles, and not because of vanity, you know, servant of God, apostle of Jesus Christ. I really don't like titles, you know. Um, but, um, again, there's always people who have been questioning his apostolate or falsified letters. You know, um, sometimes we go to the doctor, and, and the doctor will tell us, um, you have to do this, and you have to, you have that, you know, and we believe that. Sometimes we believe without question. Um, but, um, you know, uh, sometimes or, or pastors or leaders come to us and says, my brother, you need to solve this or that in your life. And we says, no way. I'm not, you know, who are you? You know, I'm, I'm not going to do that. 
We, we believe in all kinds of different authorities. But when it comes to spiritual authority over us, we question that a lot. And that was the reason I, I was starting with the point of, of authority. Because, um, you know, if there was no trust in this, you know, it's going to be a, it's like a piece of paper, you know. And so, um, Pastor, I love you. You, you, can, you can say my, my eternal soul, but don't mess with my life. You know, think about how imbalanced is that idea, right? And so, um, and I believe as pastors, my brothers, uh, we need to work hard to show that self-approves. Uh, but at the same time, you know, the message, as Paul started saying, will go as far as you, church, Take it outside. You know, as pastors, uh, we get to a limit. We talk to people. I was telling this to our Spanish group last week. When I go to a house and I present myself, my name is Elvis Garcia. Oh, fun, ha, 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 la, la, la. When somebody say, this is the pastor, look. Hey, you know, hey, he's, he's the pastor, right? Don't, don't laugh. You know, you know, so we, we have limits, you know, and, and I try to be as fun as you know I am and, and casual and everything, but as soon as somebody mentioned my title, the attitude changed towards me. So the message, as Paul is saying in the, in the, in the introduction, is about the preaching, is about people telling, you know, and it will go as far as you believe the message, but also as, as far as you support the messenger. Bible says in Hebrews 13, 17, uh, you know, have confidence in your leaders. Uh, gosh, and it, it goes harder. And submit to their authority because they watch over you. And he says, as those who must give an account, we will, as pastors, you know, give an account for your life. So, you know, um, praying for you, Sometimes crying for your life. And, um, you know, the message of this church will go as far as we take it from here. So we have to go out and tell the world about Jesus. Um, and the way they're going to know is, is by, you know, trusting in him. But they're going to grow spiritually by coming and be part of this fellowship, you know. You cannot be a secret service Christian, right? Nobody knows who you are. Some of us are like that, right? When somebody finds out we're Christian, it's like, what? You're Christian? You know, I've worked with you 20 years, and you know, I never know you were a Christian, right? We're kind of secret service Christian, right? Nobody knows what we believe. We don't have to be like that. For me, all these qualifications are a call for a higher standard, really. Um, so Paul is, is establishing his authority Paul is establishing the purpose. Okay, why? Why about this? Titus, verse 4, says, My true son in common faith, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ our Savior. For this reason I left you in Crete so that you will. You know, he's not saying like, hey man, if you can, you know, casually, check it out if maybe there's a fellow right there then we may... We may check it out, right? Tell him to submit an application. And, you know, Paul is, is being very imperative. You know, he's saying, hey, man, 
I'll leave you here so that you will, that you might, says another version of Scripture, correct the deficiencies and order, constitute, elect elders. Oh, again, if I was Titus, you know, I'd be like, Paul, you know, I'm, you know, wow, you know, I'm, gosh, you know, it's, and, and he says, in each city, just as I command you. These, these leaders who were corrupting scripture, Paul called them those of the circumcision, have mixed their culture and sinful life with Christian beliefs. And they were going to lie and to cheat and fight to don't lose their position. You know, that, that whole chapter says that, you know, they were, they were gaining money, you know, because of that. And so um, it was not going to be an easy task. Think about that. You know, when Paul says, hey, man, you must, um, you know, correct the deficiencies. You know, I don't know how many of those uh, of the circumcision will be like, okay, well, we're going to fight because, you know, this gives us money and position. You know, and, and you're not going to come here, Titus, and tell us what to do, right? And so, um, uh, you know, Paul uses very intelligently, okay, a poem, you know, uh, the, the guy, the name of this guy is Epi, Epimenides, you know, and he's the one who said these words, you know. So Paul included this in Titus 1.12, you know. He was, a, he was a philosopher from Crete, and, you know, uh, even one of them, his own prophet says, you know, Epimenides, these Cretans always liars, evil beasts, lazy bellies, or lazy gluttons. In other versions, you know. So even their own people was talking bad about these guys. And so, and I, I, I'm, I'm trying, my brothers and sisters, for you to think, okay, so, you know, this is for elders, you know. Why, why, why we have to study this, you know. I'm still young. I'm not elder, you know. <laughs> but, uh, you know, um, we have to, these qualities here are characteristic that Jesus exemplified, all of them on earth. And I'm sure Paul and Titus, and honestly, these little churches in Crete, they were needed to show difference. They were around a, 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 a very, um, they were around uh, very bad people. They were around even people who they called themselves Christians, but they were not. So really, this, this, this part in this letter is a call for, for, for differences. And so again, you may ask today, why we should have studied this? I'm not an elder. I'm not a leader. I don't want to be. I just want to go Sunday and sit, you know, and, and, and that's it. Uh, I believe, brothers and sisters, every Christian should be working in his life to, to be better and better every day. Amen? We should have do that, right? Uh, Proverbs 4.18, and I say this verse a lot. Uh, but the path of the righteous is as the light of the sun that glows more and more until everybody can see it. Again, the path of the righteous is like the light of the sun. So our life has to be, has to always be, you know, we have to be working all the time to improve, to glow more until everybody can see, until everybody can can. Can, can see your life, sometimes even without opening mouths, and says, man, 
these guys, these guys really represent Jesus. This, I want to be like this guy. Um, so um, these, 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 these uh, requirements are a motivation in our lives. Um, you know, in 1 Corinthians 12, 31, it says, But earnestly desire the higher gift. And, and, and I will show you a still more excellent way. My brothers and sisters, if we are really followers of Jesus, every day in our Christian life, we, we will desire. It's not something like, okay, we're going to have a doctrine class and you sign up. And I'm like, okay, I'll sign up just because I don't have nothing to do or just because, you know, this, they want that for me. No, it has to be a desire. It has to be, you know, it has to be something that like, I want to learn more from God. I want to grow more because it makes me a better father, a better son, a better mother, a better wife. That, that, that's, this is what about. And so, um, you know, we can, these, these people in Crete cannot negotiate these qualities because everybody else around was doing wrong. So, um, more than ever, and I, I, I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to, uh, a, I'm trying for you to understand why. Because this, this, these qualifications are not before getting there, you know. Uh, you know, some say, well, who, who can do this, you know? Who can be like that? You have to be perfect, you know. But uh, uh, really, you know, uh, more than ever, the world needs to see a difference in our lives. In our mouths, in our character, uh, and honestly, and I want to be—I want to be honest. I want to talk. You know, I'm preaching here, but if if we are honest with ourselves, brother and sister, and the one who are watching us online, we have low the bar of Christianity. Uh, James Dobson used to t- used to share this great family. You know. Counselor James Dobson used to share a story about his son. And um, his son used to work in a restaurant as a waiter. And he told his dad that the day he hated more was Sunday. Dad, I hate Sundays. Because all the week, regular people come. They come and eat. They're generous. They're, uh, you know, they're, they're patient and nice. Sunday, people dress like, like they're coming from church. They're impatient. They're mean. And um, they're greedy. My brothers and sisters, we have lowered the bar. And um, we have become like the people of Crete. Mixing culture with society. Oh, I'm glad this, the Bible says that, but I believe different, right? I, I, I don't think, you know, I, I can do that. Um, and we have lower the standards than Jesus have tell us to do, and the world more than ever needs to see a difference. The world needs to see a difference. And, you know, a people is outside in the streets calling sometimes, for either wrong or right reasons. I don't, want to, I don't want to get into that, right? But Christianity is quiet. Everybody is, 
you know, all last year, people was outside in the streets crying out for their cause. Where is us in that, you know, or we know we have the truth and we're quiet. We know, uh, you know, we have the answer to the world. We should have, we should have, you know, we should have be outside telling others about Jesus. Maybe not screaming, you know. There's, there's March for Jesus, you know. But um, um, we can walk around the block for Jesus, hunger, you know, God, 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 Jesus, Jesus. I don't know how good that will, you know, people will, oh, be quiet, you know. And one time a fellow pastor, we were in Mississippi, says, brother, we're going to do a march for Jesus. And there's nothing wrong with that, you know. I'm not against that. But I was like, okay, I, you know, I think it would be better if I go and sit with somebody and talk, you know. And it's, it's, it's nothing wrong. But, but you know, um, we, have to, we have to be open and one our faith. See, you know, if that faith, brother, if that faith will have saved you, it's not... For you, it's not worth to talk about. You know, I don't know if that faith has really saved you. We talk about what is interesting for us. We talk about what is exciting for us. You know, when we are in, when, 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 when we used to do sports, I used to do sports too. Don't think that I'm not. <laughs> you know, we're in the lockers. We're talking about tennis shoes and and teams and stuff. You know. Why? Because it's important for us. Because it's exciting for us. When somebody says something about Jesus or, oh, God, that guy, that religious guy, you know, don't talk to him, boo. And uh, my brothers and sisters, we have lowered the bar. So these qualifications are for elders, right, for leaders. I believe it's for everybody. So uh, let's, let's, let's go pretty quick, you know, and... Uh, the soon as Brother Darrell says, cut, I'll cut. <laughs> verse, verse 6 says, an elder must be blameless in his house. Uh, this doesn't mean perfect, right? But that also doesn't mean we, we, we can do whatever we want. Because we, we go to the extremes, right? Oh, yeah, you know, uh, you, know, you, you, know you, you don't have to be perfect, so we're going the other way, too far. Uh, it means literally no accusation can stand against them. It doesn't mean, it, it does not mean that there will be no accusations, but the accusations will fall. That's, what, that's the literal uh, 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 meaning in the Greek for this word. Uh, in, there's another list in 1 Timothy 3, 1 and 7, which, and also this is the first requirement uh, you know, for an elder, blameless, a good reputation. The elder should not be under a cloud of suspicion, of accusation, morally and spiritually. The elder, the leaders, every Christian. Every Christian. Let's not lower the standards. Because as soon as we, we make a step, oh, okay, you know, I can do whatever I want. And so, um, uh, you know, if people uh, at work or in your neighbor says, hey, that guy's a Christian? You know, um, uh, you know we're, we're, we have trouble in our life. Um, and, you know, as, as elders, as leaders, we have to be, we try to work hard to be blameless. Um, 
you know, so it's, it's very important to have our house in, in order. If, if you follow me in scripture. And he says, blameless in being the husband of a single woman. The poverty and casual sex was part of the common life in Crete. Paul was asking for a Christian life with a stable relationship. It literally says, the one who is dedicated to one wife with all his heart, with all mind. And um, some concessions are, are made with this part. You know, it, does, it doesn't disqualify singles. If you're single and, and you know, you can serve God. Um, and you know why? Because Paul and even Jesus himself will be disqualified, you know, if being married was a reason. So uh, uh, this speaks about an internal and an external uh, purity. And I was reading the other day this illustration. The Great Wall of China... Um, you know, it take uh, years and years to build it. Hundreds of men die building that. Three times in history only, the Great Wall of China was broken in by uh, enemy armies. And the only three times in history was not because they did it by force. They bribed some of the soldiers and the enemies entering and, and, you know, break in the walls. You know, the Chinese government spent hundreds of, of, of hundreds, I don't know how many thousands of, of uh, uh, yens, I don't know what's the, what's the money in China, dollars, to build that thing. They, they work on the outside. But they really didn't care on the moral inside. They should have put the guards... Man, we're going we're gonna to put you in a, you know, we're going to put you to study, um, to be faithful to our cause first. Because the only three times they break in was because they bribed the guards. Think about that. That also speaks to us, you know. We have to work hard in the inside of our lives. Sometimes even more than in the outside. Um... These, 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 these passages, uh, you know, um, uh, you know, and, and, and you know, some, somebody will say, well, you know, uh, uh, regarding divorce, you know, I say, well, you know, what about if somebody was divorced, can he serve? And I'm getting into, I'm getting into some tricky uh, conversation here, you know, some delicate conversation. But um, many say that this means, this passage says that, you know, you need to be, uh, husband of one woman all, all the time, but this will disqualify widowers or, or the ones who suffer separation before coming to Christ. When we come to him, things change, you know. Um, and using this passage, I want to emphasize a little bit about marriage. Blameless in being the husband of a single woman, one woman. Because, you know... Um, it's different if, you know, if, if, if there was something happened before in our lives. They asked this question to Jesus in Matthew 19 and 7. Uh, he says, uh, did Moses command that a man give his wife a certificate of divorce and send her away? Jesus replied, Moses permitted you to divorce your wife because your hearts were hard 
is what this uh, version says. But it was not this way in the beginning. That's, that last word, it was not this way at the beginning, Matthew 19.7. So never, you know, uh, is this the intention of God. But right now, divorce is a casual thing. You know, when, one time I was in Memphis, Tennessee, reading a newspaper, and it says, uh, uh, you know, uh, it, it was, I was reading, and it says, divorce with or without kids, $200. And couples spend thousands of dollars when they get married. And it's so cheap and quick to, to get a divorce. Um, Normally, the cost is irreconcilable causes. But brothers and sisters, God wants us to look for help, to talk with somebody, with a pastor. Then we may receive, you know, counseling as pastors. We will work as hard as we can for your life. And also, you know, for, for marriages, because a healthy church is made of healthy families and also healthy marriages. Don't give up. Seek help. Um, uh, seek help, and only if that relationship doesn't put your life, uh, you know, or, or your safety at, at risk. But today, marriage is like changing shoes. If you don't look, at, if you no longer like it, you just throw it away. So you know, an elder, a leader, but even a Christian has to be, you know, husband. And if you have questions, we can talk more a little bit later. But, you know, Paul continued to talk, and he says, who has believed in children is not accused of dissolution or rebellion. And the context when Paul is, is interesting, and I want to read this to you. In, in, the, in the context of creating that time, fathers have the authority of their children, even if they were older. You know, um, um, the father had the power of life or death of his son at any age. <laughs> um, it's no longer like that. But it's clearly here that, you know, elders, leaders, and every parent must make an effort to raise his children in the path of the Lord. Our current social system has created such a distance uh, you know, then even we don't talk anymore at the table. You know, um, counselors and psychologists says then at least, at least to have a healthy family, at least we have to eat together at least one time. Together, you know. Right now with our running, sometimes we don't even, days, goes days without everybody sitting together and talking. Um, you know, phones and tablets, I don't have nothing against it, has taken the place of conversations. Um, every believing father, husband, and head of household should seek sanctification and salvation for his children. And elders and leaders should go to the forefront of this. Children are a test of man's leadership. No father isn't perfect. But a Christian father will be different. 
And despite normal family issues and problems, we should consistently show that we're concerned, that we're involved with our kids until they get to an age then they're out of our control, right? Um, you will see this with Latinos, with Hispanics, because we're more easy, kind of like, you have saw that here a couple of times, you know, when we have ladies and, uh, you know, with little babies. Oh, I don't, I don't want him to put it in, into, you know, in, in childcare because he wants to be with me. And, and the kid will be here crying. That's pretty normal in a Hispanic church, you know. So I used to tell our church, don't worry, try to focus on the preaching. I know in an Anglo church, the environment is different because we have to be quiet, right? If we hear a noise, gosh, our attention is like, what, what happened, you know? Right? I, I think it's, I, I, and I love Brother Drew because he, like, he likes to be more, you know, like, you know, it's okay. And think about this. How our kids will learn to be in, in a sanctuary if we don't bring them and teach them? And they will be noisy. So it's okay sometimes to make noise, Right? If a baby cries, if a kid's run, it's okay. Don't think that it's the end of the world. Oh, look, that children is running. Right? We, we want to be a church who receive everybody. We don't want to be a church like, oh, look, that children. That's sacrilege right there. <laughs> but we, we, our face appear like that. Amen? You know, and, and we, we shouldn't be, you know, <laughs> we, 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 you know uh, but, but, you know, we, we are like that. And, uh, and so, uh, so we, as parents, we, sh- we, we have to be concerned. We also, okay, I don't, you know, we also don't want to leave our kids jump on every chair, right? You know? But um, uh, we have to, we, 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 you know, um, we have to work hard for our children. You know, the devil, this world, you know, all the... All the armies and all they're working. All the armies of the devil are working hard for the heart of your children. They are every day through TV, you know. And we, we brothers and sisters, we cannot be. And the word innocent is not the right word. I'm I'm trying to look, but we we cannot be um, naive about that. You know, uh, I, I grew up, you know, uh, the, almost the TV raised me, you know. We used to watch TV for hours and hours, you know. Both of my parents were working, and, and, and I, I praise the Lord. And, and one of the things, and at least my mother was faithful, is was to taking us to church every Sunday. We were running. Some Sundays we were maybe not putting attention, but being there Sunday after Sunday, you know, talk to my heart and to my sister's heart. And so um, uh, we also have to be careful, church, with the expectation of, of, of uh, pastor children, right? Uh, many kids have filled their hearts with hate because uh, we, we, we have said things like, hey, you better behave because your dad is the pastor, right? Hey, you know, don't run in the church because you are the son of the daughter of the pastor, right? And uh, it happened to me one time in a church in Mississippi, and I spoke openly to the church. It says, my dear brothers and sisters that I love very much, never, never think that my children are different from yours. 
you know. Um, you know, uh, or children, uh, you know, we, we don't have to label them because it's unfair to them. And some of them, you know, don't like the minister because, oh, you have to behave because, you, you know, your daddy is the pastor. And so um, if, they, if they're doing something wrong, they will get in trouble, not because they're my sons, but because they're doing, what they're doing is wrong. So we have to be careful with those things who happen sometimes without even thinking. Sometimes we don't. Without, you know, bad intention, you know, we say those things. But we have to be careful. Um, an elder, a leader, a Christian should be blameless. As we continue in verse 7. And there's some negative aspect that we should avoid. And all this idea revolves on the matter of self-control. Are you still up? Amen? Oh, there's a couple of, few amens, right? I hear one say, oh, no. Are we still up? Amen? I'm thinking about a joke, but, you know, it happens to me, I don't know why, when I say jokes that I think they're funny, you don't laugh. <laughs> and then I'm serious, oh, they're good, and you're like, ha, 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 and I'm like, what did I just say? You know, I hope I didn't say anything wrong, you know? So I don't know. I'm still learning, you know, the way of, uh, you know, American way of, of you know, of how, how, how things are funny for you. But... Um, this, this, um, this, these uh, aspects here are negative aspects that we should avoid. You know, no arrogant. You know, um, the Greek word literally says somebody who pleased himself. You know, um, eh, we don't want, we don't have to be arrogant. No angry. You know, uh, an irascible person who is easily irritated. Uh, you know, somebody who is soon provoked or irascible. Uh, he should not be one ever ready with an angry or hasty word. There are some people that cannot take a healthy dialogue. You know, we, we, get, to, we get to passion sometimes about things, and, 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 and sometimes we, we, we take it too personal too quick, right? Um. So we say sometimes, hey, it's my way or the highway, right? So uh, we have to work uh, and, and tell, please, Lord, take all that anger from me, you know. If you want to punch somebody, go and punch a wall, you know, and come back. I I'll tell you, that will be the greatest, you know, um, counseling you got there. You got that for free. Your mind, go there, punch a wall, you come back, you'll be happy. That's for free right there. So, <laughs> you see, that's not going to be funny for me, but you're laughing. You know? <laughs> I don't know. Lord, please help me. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, the, the scripture continues saying, you know, somebody, uh, we don't have to be arrogant, we don't have to be angry. Um, you know, I have met arrogant Christians. I have met Christians who doesn't want to shake his hand because I'm Hispanic. I hope you don't like that. That, that breaks my heart when, 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 when that happened, you know. And I hope you're not like that. I hope that more important than the color of, of somebody is the inside. It's hard, you know, sometimes. But we have to work it out, you know. We have to, we have to ask 
the Lord to give us that openness. And, and if we have done that, ask for forgiveness. Scripture keeps saying, not given to wine. Woo! Pastor, quit that, keep going. You know. <laughs> a lover, the, the literally says a lover to wine. Um, culturally, this is different. Hispanic church, no, totally. Totally no, you know. No drinking, no smoking, totally. That's a sin for us, uh, very bad sin, even if it's casually. Um, but literally the text, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, when I'm saying my opinion, I will tell you this is what I think. But, you know, really opinions are not important for us, amen? We want to learn from the Lord. Textually, the text is, is talking about somebody who is, is not affected by wine or is not governed by it. Somebody who doesn't act under the effects of it. But, you know, so how, um, how you measure that, you know? How, how, longer this, how longer wine affects you? It becomes, uh, you know, it becomes subjective. And so, um, uh, you know, and, and we totally cannot say, uh, no, as in our culture, because then Paul is telling Timothy to drink some wine because of some, uh, you know, disease. And um, some will argue that uh, historically and contextually, uh, this was due because of lack of medicine and not because of social drinking, you know. Um, for me, you know, I like this proverb, Proverbs 23 Verse 29 to 35, and he says, uh, who, will, who will the woe be for? For whom the pain? Who do you quarrel for? Proverbs 23, 29. Who are the complaints for? For whom are the wounds in vain who have redness of eyes? For those who linger long on wine. For those who are looking for the mixture. Don't look at the wine when it turns red, when its, when its color shines in the glass. It enters smoothly, but in the end, it will bite like a serpent. And as, and as an asp, it will give pain. So thinking about this proverb, I will say it this way. Even if, if, if a snake is domesticated, I, I will not want it to touch it or get too close to it, right? Everybody who is an alcoholic without control, start drinking socially. And being the, the, you know, and watch my grandfather died of excessive alcohol with his, all his stomach and his insides being burned by it. You know, seeing those effects, I, I will suggest to you, you know, you're safer the farther you can. But the scripture in this passage, the text, doesn't totally exclude, doesn't totally says that, you know. It's, it says somebody who, you know, is not controlled by. Um, but uh, it's just, you know, again, it's just, just because uh, Pitbull, you know, <laughs> just because the Pitbull, you know, you know, no, it's okay, uh, okay, you know, good doggy, but I want to be far from it, you know. And, uh, and it's not only about about alcoholic drinks, but drugs, anything, because this is about self-control. 
Not only about that. Anything who will hinder the control in your life, you have to be far. You have to get as far as you can from it. Um, and, and, and so, um, it, why? Because the, the Creed society, our society, is without control. And so uh, the scripture continues saying, not violent. You know, somebody who is a, you know, who, who, you know if, if you're signed up in the MMA, you cannot be an elder. I'm sorry, you know. <laughs> Mixing martial arts, right? If you have fight in the octagon, you know, uh, you know uh, that, I don't know if you can be an elder here. But somebody who is, you know, not violent, quarreling, quarrelsomeness, it's a work of the flesh, and it's condemned in several places in the New Testament. A quarrelsome person caused a lot of unrest and confusion in the church. Greedy for dishonest prophets. Continue to read with me. Please, follow the scripture. Because when you're following the scripture, you know, the more you use your senses, the more you will learn. If you're hearing me today, and when you're eating, you may remember my jokes. But if you're reading it, you know, every one, eyes, ears, mouth, each one of our five senses is 20% of learning. The more of this you use, the more you learn. 20, you know, 40. So it's, so it's good for us not only to be hearing, to be watching it. Sometimes it's good to take notes. Right? Um, I like this. I like this. Um, I don't know if it's a way to taste scripture. What it is, uh, it is. But, um, you know, you can take a page and see how it tastes. No, but, you know, I, I think I told you this story before. There was a group of students, and there was this rabbi, and he says, this says to these kids, close your eyes, and you have given him a, 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 a honey, you know, a candy with honey. I told you this before, and he said, okay, chew it. And every close your eyes and chew that um, that uh, honey uh, candy, and this rabbi says, that's the way the word of the Lord is in your life. So every time your life is bitter, every time you're suffering, remember the word of the Lord is sweet in your life. So that's a way to also, you know, uh, use your senses. But the more senses that you use, you know, uh, the more you will learn. So... Let's continue with these things. Greedy for dishonest prophets. This phrase come to, uh, you know, this come to the fore when we read in verse 11 this, that false teachers were teaching for dishonest gain what is not good. In contrast to false teachers, my brothers, true Christian leaders must, must be characterized by his financial sobriety. Much more, we cannot compromise our teaching and our message with a financial gain. The call to serve the Lord, you think it's a vocation or a profession? And I don't know if profession means something different in English. But in the dictionary, profession is a paid occupation, especially one that involves prolonged training and formal qualifications. In a profession, the more professional you are, the more they will pay you. I believe... Uh, or call is a vocation. And a vocation is one response to a call from beyond oneself to use one's strengths and gifts 
to make the world a better place through service, creativity, and leadership. You know, um, when I was being ordained in Guatemala, they asked me, if they don't pay you, can you continue to preach? And I said, yes. Nobody give you money, you will continue to serve? It should be yes. It's not that way in our world currently, amen? And so uh, it should be yes, yes. We have to start seeing the ministry as a way to earn money or fame. But you know, the ministry has become so close to the world. And he ends this list of negative things and he comes to some positive things, right? Continue to read. Somebody can tell me the next word. In your Bible, if you have your Bible, please. What's the next word there in Scripture? Are you with me? Yeah. Amen. <laughs> what is it? says in the Scripture, says hospitable, you know? Um, literally, this word means love of strangers. Love for strangers. The meaning of this word in this context reaches fullness. If we think in the sample of Gaius, side by the apostle, the apostle John, beloved, you faithfully conduct yourself when you render some service to your brothers, especially to strangers. So a elder, a leader, we as Christians has to be hospitable. Something, I'm going to tell you this here, not because he is here, but something who really uh, showed me the way he was, you know, the very first day I came to Little Rock, we were looking for a house. And I remember Brother Drew and Brother Jerry, they were talking, if maybe putting me in a hotel. And without thinking, Brother Darrell says, come and stay in my house. And I wanted to stay and live there because the food was very good. <laughs> you know, he even gave me a shirt. I still have it, brother. But um, that showed me a lot about his character. Um, but my brothers and sisters, uh, and the Bible is telling us we have to, you know, we have to be hospitable. And right now with COVID, it's hard, amen. But, uh, but let me tell you, um, God only knows how many times our vehicle were punched by children as Miss Wendy was picking kids to go to Sunday school, you know. Uh, you know, when, when Pablo and Jose were little and we have minivans, you know, we, sometimes Wendy gets up early and picks kids. Uh, you'll be amazed how many children outside right now are in their home by themselves. And they will come with you if you pick them up to come to church. They, children love church. And if you tell them, hey, can I? You know, I was amazed. Some people without even know us. Hey, can we take your children to church? Yes, take it. And I'll be like, well, they don't know us, you know. <laughs> we, can, we can, you know, we can be anything. But, um, you know, our vehicles were, the seats were paint and rough because picking kids, uh, uh, you know, different children. And, you know, something I said to my wife, and, and I also think myself, what well, we have our house or vehicles or stuff, it's really not ours. It's the Lord's. You know, if we use it, still it's going it it to, it you know, it's, if we use it, it's still going to be break one time. So I... You know, I think, well, you know, if it's for the glory of the Lord, you know, let's use it for it. Um, hospi hospitality is one of the most powerful tools we have to minister to others. 
and to getting to know people. Uh, so we have to be hospitable, you know, even with, even with, with, with masks and everything, you know. And he continues to say, lover of good things. This is the only time this word appears in the New Testament. Christian leader must love what is good and be kind. We have to look. We have to, we have to desire good things. Self-control, sobriety. It means regulation of mind and our affections. So we cannot be carried away by excesses in area, any area of our life. Upright, just, righteous, involves impartiality in the treatment of others. Favoritism and partiality is an evil that must be avoided at all costs. From elders, from leaders, and from Christians. Because in church sometimes we tend to make, make friends, right? And we sit with our friends, we talk with our friends. And somebody new comes to the door, and again, same example as the kids, right? We're like, oh, look at that. We, we, you know, when somebody new comes to church, we're looking like if it's a weird, you know, something, right? We have to be friendly and approach them, but, you know, we tend to, we tend to be partial among others, you know. What if it's a Hispanic? What if it's somebody from another color? You know, we have to be we have, to, we have to ask the Lord to give us more of these qualities in our heart. Holy. Woo. Man, I think we, it ends with the hardest thing. Uh, it has to be holy. That holy means separate, dedicated from sin and worldliness. Um, it must be, you know, the goal of each Christian uh, leader to be Holy. Holiness will be the guarantee of just and sovereign actions before God. Discipline, temperate. It implies control over our passions or appetites. It means literally one that restrains all his evil inclinations and propensions that had brought his sensitive appetite under the dominion and government of his reason. And we finish, and the, the, the verse finished in Titus 1.9, if you wanted to read it with me. He says, he must hold firm to the trustworthy word as taught, so that he may be able to give instructions in some doctrine, and also to rebuke those who contradict it. You know, retainer of the faithful word. In a postmodern society, which that means nothing is, you know, you know, nothing is what he says. Oh, it can be anything for anybody. Paul is telling to Titus and he's telling to us, we have to hold film to the trustworthy word. You know, if we live, if we don't believe the Bible is, is true, if we don't believe the, the Bible is, 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 you know, it doesn't have errors, you know, we, we, we cannot talk about something that we don't trust. And the more I study scripture, you know, the more I convince that it doesn't have errors. And if you think that, because, you know, yeah, it's, uh, you know, I, I, I hear somebody on Facebook say that. So if I, if I read it on social media, 
It should be truth, right? Oh, man, we live in a society and we're watching videos on YouTube and Facebook. Pastor, look at this. Look what I found, you know. This says that the Da Vinci Code, you know. What do you think about that? And we so easily get moved. And excuse my, my expression, but dumb things. You know, Bible, Scripture has thousands of years. Thousands of years. People have, have says, uh, you know, there was an atheist in, uh, um, in the 15th century who says, you know, in 100 years, all the Bibles in the world were gone. Well, good news, you know, 500, 600 years later, you know, the Bible is the number one book being sold in the world. We need to trust Scripture. Um, retain, we have to retain those words in our heart. The, here, the word translated faithful means trustworthy. And we as Christians and we as servants of the Lord, we have to retain, we have to sustain the trustworthy word of God according to what Scripture teach. Over and over again, the apostle insists on doctrinal learning or doctrinal preparation. And only what you know you can retain, you can sustain, you can estimate it, and you can defend. But because we don't know Scripture, we don't defend it. You know, we hear other causes. People get caught so quickly about wrong causes because, why? Because, you know, their hearts are empty. Where, you know, well, if our hearts has been, if Jesus Christ is in our heart, and it's not in one side, but it's in the center of our heart. You know, the Christian cause should be for us the first cause we fight for. That cause of that man who died on the cross 2,000 years should be the highest cause for our lives. We easily get caught in politics and in issues. We have for God to fight for the cause of Christ. We have for God. We have lose the fire to fight for the ones who give his life for you in the cross of Calvary. So all these, all these qualifications is, is a call for us. The learning doesn't happen over time. We need to learn scripture. We need, we need you know, if, if we have classes, you have to sign up. If, if, if we want to grow in the knowledge of our Lord. I want to finish reading you 1 Peter 1. It says, as obedient children, do not conform to the desires that you previously had in your ignorance. But just as he who called you is holy, so be you also holy in all your way and living. Because it is, written, it is written, be holy, for I am holy. My brothers and sisters, these qualifications for elders, for leaders, and for Christians are a call to difference, are a call to raise the bar again, are a call to holiness, are a call not to lower the standards, but to raise them. The lower the standards we have, the more permissive we become. 
and the more sinful we become, and the farthest from God we become, and in more trouble we'll be, more empty. You know what's the answer for any, every problem in our society? Jesus Christ. Are we stressed through the pandemic? Are we feel lonely? Well, Jesus Christ is the answer for you. You know, sometimes I cannot go to sleep, and my wife says, read your Bible. You'll be sleeping in five minutes. If I start watching TV, I can be there for hours. But she's so right. We have to raise the bar. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 9, 27, I hid my body and put it into bondage. And this is what Paul is calling for Titus to look for. So, if we were in Crete, let's, let's go to Crete one time in our, let's travel to Crete right now. Let's close our eyes and let's travel, let's go back in the future to Crete. And think about that you're in Crete right now and you're dressing with a white robe. I don't want to watch my legs there. But let's, let's all go back to Crete, to an island. There's people, like, I, I, I'm imagining like market or something. And I was thinking, indeed, as I was praying and preparing this, if Titus was here today, did he will choose us? If Titus was looking for you today, did he will choose you? Or you will say, oh, my brother, I still have a long way to go. Well, Bible says today is the day, not tomorrow. Please don't think in your mind, oh, I have a lot to work, I have a lot to do. Today is the day for decisions. Today is the day, you know, honestly, brother, if Titus was here today and if I was in Crete, I would not be choose because my life is in sin because I have grown in church and I have been Christian but I have lived a sinful life. I do what I want. I say what I want. I don't have respect for others. My life is out of control. And sadly, if Titus was here today, he will not choose me. Brother, I hope you don't, I hope you don't get, I hope you don't, I hope your heart is not in peace with that statement. I'm praying and crying and hoping that you will not get out of this place today saying, they will not choose me. I hope you feel motivated and says, you know what? There's a lot of things in my life, but I will work. I will give my life because my higher motivations is that man who died on the cross for me. Nobody has done what Jesus has done for me. But I will rise and I will step up and I will start working to a godly and holy life. I have all the motivation that I need. And all the motivation you need, my brother and sister, is that cross full of blood with your Savior nail of it on it. So I'm praying and hoping 
Then if you say today, Titus will not choose me, you will be confronted with yourself. And you will talk to God and say, God, God, my dear God, my dear Jesus, I really want to come to you blameless. My heart and my desire is not to conform to this world. My heart and my desire is to honor you, is to worship you. Please allow me not to play with my life. Allow me to, to come and be blameless in front of you. I know one day I'll be like that in heaven. But until I am on earth, help me to be like the light of the sun. Help me to be improving my life daily. Until everybody can see what is inside of me. And if the Lord has spoke to your heart today, don't wait for tomorrow. Please don't fight. The Holy Spirit is there talking to you and tell you, there's things you have to change. There's attitudes you have to leave. Not tomorrow, today. There's things you have to ask God for forgiveness today. He may come, because if he comes tonight, you don't want to, you don't want to have your life um, in sin. So what is your response to him today? You, are you going to be the same? Or are you going to say, Jesus, I want to be different. Jesus, I want to be a difference in my society. Jesus, I want to be blameless in this world. And if the Lord has spoke to your heart, as her pastor, as her lead pastor always say, you know, the altar, church, the altar is for us. You know, and if the Lord has spoke to your heart, you can pray in your seats. You can come to the altar and ask, Lord, I want you to forgive me for whatever attitude is in my life. Let's pray.